0: What have you worried most about since we've been in this time of isolation? For me, it's been nappies. I've got a three-year-old and I've got an 18-month-old. And I found myself, particularly at the beginning, wondering what will life look like if we run out of nappies? Um, Well, in fact, I know what life will look like and I don't want that. And so I found myself subconsciously looking and and wondering uh, in the house, what could could that household item perhaps double as a nappy if in need of emergency could that cereal box perhaps be used as a nappy no probably have some leakage issues there what about those oven gloves could I use those as no probably be quite difficult maybe not enough material what about that wedding dress I think Hannah's used that for nearly eight years now, and there's a lot of material. Could we perhaps? Maybe. Maybe there'd be some other problems there. Thankfully and happily for the wedding dress, we never had to cross that bridge because the nappy uh, nappy shelves were restocked pretty soon after that. But I'm sure that you can relate to this kind of heightened and increased sense of anxiety and fear that we have all been facing. The BBC have done a couple of articles this um, this last week of how already we're starting to be able to record an increase in anxiety in people having troubled sleep um, people having panic attacks. Apparently, 49 percent of people say that since being in isolation, their anxiety levels have increased. And they would say that 38 uh, percent of people say that, that their anxiety is so much that it is, it is causing them to lose out on sleep that and so and there's a, a charity that um that deal with calls with people struggling with things and one of their workers was quoted as saying the calls have just ramped up and it is now just anxiety 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 That as much as we find ourselves in a coronavirus pandemic right now the knock-on of that has been that it has led us into a fear and anxiety pandemic but the eastern narrative is one that speaks right into a people who are struggling with fear and anxiety and shows us how the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings us into a place of peace. I want to read from um, John's Gospel. So John chapter 20, verse 19. I'm just going to read three short verses. Um, if you've got a Bible, then uh, you can track along with me. John chapter, 19, uh, John chapter 20, verse 19. Um, but if you don't, that's absolutely fine. As you can see, the words have appeared on the screen. And I'll just read along. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. So this is Easter Sunday itself. The doors being locked where the disciples were. For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hand and his sides. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. The parallels here of our story to the disciples' stories are, are, is striking. The disciples here, Jesus's closest followers, are find themselves shut in a house with no prospect of leaving. And fear is very much in the atmosphere. Probably. The disciples weren't concerned at this point about nappies. That might be where the parallels come to an end. But for them, this circumstance is very similar to the one that we find ourselves in. For the disciples, they had just they were in this place because Jesus had just died. They had just witnessed his very public execution. They'd seen it all happen. And for them, they they were dealing with a lot. They had just lost their closest friend they're dealing with grief and sadness things to light here and and emphasizes in verse 19 is that the predominant emotion that they were feeling was fear and perhaps we can relate to this that they were scared that the jews had killed jesus and and they were his closest associate that his closest associates what the jews going to do to them but also, and perhaps more relatable for us, they were facing a hugely uncertain future. They had just left everything to be with Jesus F- family, friends, jobs, everything to be with him. They thought Jesus was going to be around forever, that the rest of their days would be taken up following him and, and going where he went and being with him. And now he's died. They're terrified. Their life is in crisis. It's starting to all unravel and everything that they thought was certain had been rocked. Maybe we can relate to that. And then look what happens in the second part of verse 19. Jesus came and stood among them. The same Jesus that they had seen so publicly and brutally executed. The same Jesus that they know had been buried in a tomb, as we heard in our reading. The same Jesus that they had seen his sealed tomb. The tomb that was guarded and shut by a stone. The same Jesus somehow, some way, is now here in their midst. The guest that they least expected walks in and comes into the room with them. What I love that we see about Jesus here is that he didn't leave it to the disciples to come and find him. He didn't say, you've got to go out and find me, organise a search party, uh, I'll give you some elaborate clues and some mystical hints as to where I might be and maybe one day you will find me if you you follow the, the clues well enough. No, these disciples were In their house in the grip of fear in the grip of crisis starting to panic and Jesus came right into their turmoil to show them a way out of it that what we see here is that Jesus knows our deepest fears not only does he know our deepest fears but he cares about them that he cares if we are terribly anxious about whether or not we're going to have enough nappies or not and he comes to us right in our fears in order to show us a way out of them and i I wonder maybe you wouldn't normally come to church maybe this is something that's a bit new for you and and a friend just sent you over a link and you thought well yeah okay I'm i'm between things on netflix and i don't really have anything else to do on a sunday morning and i guess it's easter so you just clicked out of curiosity Firstly, we are so pleased you're here. It is so good to have you join in with us. And I wonder, just just maybe, because you wouldn't say that you're looking for Jesus. But I wonder if you connecting today might just be Jesus coming to see you. That actually, if you're honest with yourself, there there are fears, there are insecurities, that life does feel a little bit like a crisis at this point. And you don't know if there is an answer. And that just maybe Jesus is showing perhaps there is an answer. Perhaps He is the answer. Because look at the first words that Jesus then says to the disciples. Right at the end of verse 19, He comes to them and says, Peace be with you. And then verse 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. What a word this is for our time. What a word for this moment of anxiety and fear for us. Peace be with you. And if Jesus says something twice, you know, he really means business. And he says this word peace, which is the Hebrew word shalom. Um, which we don't really have a very good translation for in English. Peace is definitely the best we could do. Um, But when we think of peace, we might think of ended wars. We might think of um, a time of conflict coming to an end uh, or perhaps a distilling of fears and anxieties, which it does mean those things, but it means so much more. One definition that I came across is well-being in its fullest sense. A sense of wholeness and a sense of completeness of a person. This is what Jesus is talking about. The idea of our very soul coming to rest. Work and toil coming to an end. And it is you at your most gratified and satisfied. You've experienced glimpses of it before. It's, it's that feeling when you're eight years old and it's the beginning of the summer holiday. Term has just ended and the summer holidays are just stretching out before you. Or it's that feeling if you're 38 years old and you have two kids and the summer holidays have just come to an end and term is just beginning. Or it's that experience when you, uh, your team has finally, after months of agonizing and waiting and anxiety on your part, they have finally secured the Premier League title. Or it is spending long summer evenings in the sun with a load of friends and a big glass of red wine. It is that moment in time, that little snatch of time, that tiny window where all of your cares just seem to fall away. The stresses and the concerns of life are gone just for a moment and everything seems right with the world. That is peace. And I think our society, even before this pandemic, was, is desperate for peace and desperate for, for a rest. Have you ever noticed, you might have seen this in advertising, every single person that you'll see in advertising is completely relaxed and completely at rest. Even in gym commercials, you'll see someone kind of lifting 200 kilograms, but they're still smiling at the camera, still no sweat on their brow, totally rested that what it's doing is it's keying into this deep desire that each and every one of us have for rest for our souls, to be free from anxiety, free from fear, and to know harmony and tranquility, to know a whole life. That is the peace, that is the shalom that Jesus speaks here. But why is it that This piece that Jesus offers, why is it that he is able to offer this to the disciples now? And why is it that Jesus alone is able to offer it? Well, all of us right now know what it is like to be united against a common enemy. I probably won't be dividing too many people if I say I hate coronavirus and I want it to end but the common enemy that we now know of coronavirus is nothing compared to the common enemy that we have that is death. The common enemy that has plagued all of humanity for all time. It is this that prevents us from ever really having true peace. How can we really know peace and rest for our souls? How can we know a wholeness if at any moment it could all be stripped away in just an instant by the terrible, destructive power of death. How can we know rest for our souls when that looms on the horizon? Not, we're not knowing when that's going to come. That we can't know peace because actually all of our fears and all of our anxieties find their roots in knowledge that one day our time will come to an end. That we know our time is limited and so we anxiously and busily just try and get as much joy and as much comfort and as much fun out of this life as we possibly can. But here, Jesus speaks true peace. But he doesn't just tell his disciples that they can have peace, as powerful as that is. But he goes a step further. And he shows them that they can now have peace. In verse 20, he says this. After he says, peace be with you, it says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. He shows them his hands, his arms, where they they had themselves seen the nails driven in as he was hung on the cross. As they see the, the scars and they see the holes, they know This is a body that was once hung on a cross, unmistakably. But then he shows them his side, his unique signature, if you like. Earlier, just a page before, we read that Jesus, after he had died on the cross, he was pierced with a spear. That this wasn't, this isn't just a body who was crucified. This is the body of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who was crucified. But he doesn't just invite them to look in. Actually, the next episode is Jesus speaking to another disciple. And he says this. He says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side, which is gross. But what Jesus is saying here is he is saying, look, touch experience see for yourself know that death has been defeated know for yourself that our enemy has been conquered see for yourself experience for yourself that my promises of eternal life have found complete truth in the fact that I once was dead but now I am fully alive see Jesus here he's he's pulling no tricks he invites the disciples to come right in. He's not nervous that they're going to find the, the fishing wire that is holding him up, or that if they get too close, they'll see that it's all just a kind of smoke and mirrors show. No, he invites the disciples, he invites us to get right close to the to his body, to come right close to him and to see and to, to even scrutinize and to look closely. Has this really happened? Is he real? Has this resurrection, this unthinkable event, has it really taken place? Come and see for yourself. Death has been defeated. Our common enemy is over. And this is just what one of Jesus's later followers, a guy called Paul, is writing about. He writes about the the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we kind of sung about it earlier, actually. I just love this, what what, what Paul says a bit later on in the Bible. He says where o oh death is your victory where o oh death is your sting that paul is gloating over death he is saying death you are defeated you are done for the christian death now no longer has any hold there is no fear over death in death for the christian because jesus christ has beaten it that paul celebrates the ultimate victory over death As he ponders the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That this is the truth that Paul is celebrating is that through death we enter into eternal life. This is Jesus's invitation. He says that you can come and be included in this. This resurrection is not just for me. But this is for us. It says later on in the Bible, if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death, we also get included in his life saving resurrection. This is why Jesus alone can offer us peace on Easter Sunday because peace is not a concept it's not ultimately to be found in meditation techniques or mindfulness or coping mechanisms although some of those things may help temporarily peace is truly to be found in the risen Lord Jesus this is why he can speak this at this time because if we want peace we need Jesus because it's only when we know That the grave really will not be the end for us, that we can know peace. The only time where our soul can truly come to rest is when it knows its future is forever secure with Jesus Christ. And in order to have this, we need to choose this. We need to make a decision and say, yes, I want this. And the moment we make a decision, the moment we say yes to Jesus and yes to his peace, we can go from people with very real fears, very real anxieties, to people with very real peace. And in just a moment, I'm going to make an opportunity for you to respond to this, particularly if you've never received it before. What Jesus is not promising to the disciples is that they are about to inherit an easy life. He's not saying to them, look, your life from now on is just going to be long, stretched out evenings in the Maldives, sipping mojitos. That's just not reality. Actually, for the disciples, life is about to get pretty tough and they are going to face some difficult circumstances. But what Jesus is promising them is that in the challenge, in the struggle, they can know peace. They can know shalom. They can know wholeness. They can know a rest for their soul whatever circumstances life throws at them and that's what he offers for us. This is my story that since the age of seven I have struggled with or had struggled with life-limiting crippling anxiety, fear and panic attacks but Jesus has set me free. He showed me his resurrection. He showed me that the grave is not the end for me, that death has been conquered for me. And as I have lived in the good of the resurrection, as I have seen that my life is truly forever now with Jesus. As my heart understands that more and more, every other fear, every other anxiety of this life just drops away. And Jesus has got me freedom. And so my question for you is, do you want this peace now? We face maybe the most anxiety-inducing, challenging situation any of us have ever faced. But the promise of Jesus is real for us. That in the midst of this storm, in the, the difficulties that these days presents in all of the anxiety, the uncertainty, the crisis and the fear, he can come to us and give us his peace and change our hearts. And so I want to make an opportunity right now for you to respond to this. Again, if this is particularly, if this is all new to you, you have never made a decision to, to accept Jesus into your life, to give your life to him, or if you wouldn't be able to say right now with certainty, yes, if if I... If my days come to an end, I know that is not the end for me. It is just the beginning for me with Jesus Christ. If that's you, what I want to do is we're going to pray in just a moment. And then after that, I've got something for you to, to do. But we're going to pray now, and I'm going to ask you to pray after me. And I would love for you to do this out loud if you can. Praying in our hearts is, is a good thing, but there is so much more power when we say things out loud and so I want to encourage you if it is possible for you please pray this prayer after me out loud I want to invite everybody to to be closing their eyes now and we're going to pray together here's the prayer just repeat after me Jesus I want your peace I believe that you have defeated death. I want to share forever in your eternal life. Jesus, I want to follow you. Amen. Amen.